Hi everyone, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome back to our podcast Books and Beyond with Bound Season 4 where we speak to some of the finest writers in India to find out what makes them tick. Yes, and we are editors, podcasters and storytellers and through Bound we help you create stories and put them out into the world. So today is our Valentine special episode. Who doesn't have so many things to say about love? And we spoke to the love <laughs> yeah. guru herself, Astha Adre. So she's a journalist. She's a romance author. She's the co-host of the podcast Love Aajkal. And her new book, latest book, The L Word, is a dating guide for anyone who's feeling lost and confused about the big bad world of dating. And I think this applies to anyone, whether you're committed, single, complicated. whatever it is very interesting stuff yeah and we actually wanted to know you know why she is obsessed with love and why is india and bollywood obsessed with love right because there's so much content around it and we also wanted to know how she managed to finish writing the book in a month so we wanted to know um, you know how astha became a love guru like what makes her a love guru what are her experiences how does she put in that advice that we do and what were the reactions of the lovers that read this book um and what are the stories that came out yeah but before we speak to her we wanted to tell all of you aspiring writers and creatives out there that every weekend we curate the best creative job opportunities in the industry for you and we also post various calls for submissions to magazines journals newspapers and more So if you're looking for a job in the creative field in content writing, content management, arts, podcasting or you're looking to be published, you know where to find these opportunities. Yeah, on our social media handle at Bound India. Okay, Tara, I can't wait to speak to Astha now to find out all the secret ingredients of her love potion. Let's just dive in. Hi everybody, welcome back to Books and Beyond with Bound. Today we have somebody very very interesting. Her name is Astha Atre, and she's a love guru. She's written a book called The L Word, and she has a podcast called Love Aajkal. So welcome, Astha. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> so we're going to be speaking a lot about love, romance. We have a lot of questions, uh, a lot of advice that came out from your guidebook. Uh, so we can't wait to dive into that uh, so we'll have four sections in the episode uh, the first one we'll get to know you as a love guru and then our listeners always love reading recommendations and then we have a rapid fire sure and we we'll continue this. from there all right yes so yeah um asa actually i loved your book mainly because i am currently on dating apps and i found all the advice really useful um you know because most of the people i have spoken to or whom i've approached they are as clueless, clueless as i am right so the yeah. book was really helpful to me you know like you go i i would return to your book for validation because i think at on a very basic level we all want to connect to somebody right it's a very basic need and and with your book you're actually demystifying love you've broken it down you've given us tips and tricks to navigate something really complex and confusing i think yeah i think that's the thing now we think of it as so complex and com- confusing kyunki abhi wo it's like become like a 
you know people dread thinking about love and i've realized that most people especially younger people don't even want to use the word love they are just like what is love like you know <laughs> it doesn't exist and sh- stuff like that so uh, yeah i think the basic aim was the, of the book was to make it more simple and to give mm. i i feel we always take advice better from a stranger who has no agenda uh, you know when it comes to your love problems so i think hearing it from me someone who's older and like love uh, you know my love archical audience usually sees me as an elder sister and my co-host ankit is like the elder brother that they, you know they are talking to so i think that's the kind of approach i try to take that if you go to a elder cousin or a sister or a brother what kind of advice would they give you so i wanted to just make it very simple because i think in my time when i was dating maybe oh it's a long time ago 15 years ago um it was much simpler and it was just easier to get over stuff to not overthink stuff yeah and you know what you said about unsolicited advice <laughs> it's like yeah i think that's part of indian culture right like you always ask things like oh when are you getting married okay you're running out of time you know you better find someone soon all of these things um and it's really funny but you know it is nice to actually have somebody when you need advice to go to a person that you trust and not just get like random advice from random people <laughs> but yeah uh, I also found it very interesting that uh, you know you talk about your own experience dating in the nineties, and I want to talk about that as well. But before that, um, I'm very interested, you know, because you've written romance novels, and uh, you also are the co-host of the Love Podcast, and now you've written a whole dating guidebook. So, you know, it seems like you're very, very fascinated with this idea of romance. So, how did you discover this side of yourself, and? what makes you so fascinated about this topic and what makes you a love guru <laughs> i don't think i discovered this side of myself i think i just i was born this way it's just like you know when i was in school and college i was the one you know i i, I had a i had a best friend who used to read my diary just for fun because she was like every other page is a different boy you like how can it be <laughs> that you like like a different boy every week and she was like i used to read your diary for fun you know and um So I was always that way. I I think I was always more uh how 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 can you even say it? I don't think we thought of love or that but uh, you know when you were younger we didn't really think of love and yeah, like like no what labels. was love. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. what was love? Uh but um I think I've always been the person who believed I was always the person who didn't have too many questions about it. I took it very easily. It was not like uh, I was never scared of it or insecure about it it was just something you no know, dating like liking a boy or you know getting over a heartbreak was just something was a part of life so i don't think i really like i overthought it uh, and i never thought i would write romance you know you grow up when you're when you're younger you think that things like romance and love are very flippant and you're like i'm not going to i'm going to write serious things and stuff like that you know you want to write like murakami and all which is all dysfunctional and you know uh want to write these, like you'll read jeffrey archer and all and you want to write like these serious books and i was like i want to be a serious writer and all but i think we put too much pressure on ourselves of what kind of writer we want to be and it's never going to be like that and um slowly uh, i i i got into journalism so there was no time to write and before i was turning 30 uh, there was that contest happening the bills and bones contest was happening and i i think i came home after a long day as to work with a uh, 
with a magazine called Tehelka, uh, the infamous Tehelka. And I had done like a serious story, I think. And I was just tired and I wanted to just relax. So I wrote this short story for Mills and Boons, maybe like an hour before the deadline ended. And that short story won that contest. And I got to write uh, a full-fledged Mills and Boons, which was India's second Mills and Boons or something like that. So I think winning that contest made me realize, okay, maybe this is my strong point. I've never really looked at writing uh, romance. I've never even read uh, Mills and Boons uh, before. So I was like, uh, maybe this is where I'm supposed to go and my personality matches. Uh, I'd got married at 24 to a really nice guy. I got lucky. I think I'm one of the few uh, good guys in the world I managed to get. Uh, so I think I was in a happy space that I was I was a positive, happy person about love. Most people's experiences maybe, you know, sometimes make them cynical. But because I had not, I had a really bad boyfriend before I got married. But that made me realize when I met my husband, that made me realize that this is the person I should be with because bad boys are just good in fiction. They're not good in real life. So I realized, okay, I should not look at romance as something flippant. And um, it's really strange because I won the uh, Ladley Award for a book, for a story I had done for Tehelka about these uh, Muslim girls in Nagpara who used to play basketball. So I get, got the Ladley Award uh, on the same day that I won the Mills and Bones contest. So it was like wow, yeah. serious That's... and serious and romantic going together like you win a you know a journalism award for a serious story you did on gender and here you are also writing a completely mushy Mills and Boons uh, story so I think that point showed me that I can do both things and still be myself so that is when I think that's how I became like a romance author. Right. No, it's it's quite the contradiction. But you know, um, I like what you say about it's so complex, you know, so I, I'm 31. And I think most of us spent our 20s, you know, in this trial and error phase. Uh, and what you said about, you know, coming from a happy place. I feel like that resonated with me a lot because only when you come from a happy place can you actually sort of approach this without all of these other issues that come in. And for a lot of people, it isn't like that. And that really does come across, you know, in the message of your book. Yeah, I think that's exactly the reason I could write it. And I have, um, because I'm still in that happy place and I don't, uh, I, you know, if maybe if I was 39 and single or had had bad experiences at this time, maybe I wouldn't have been able to write the book. You never know, right? It, it, it depends on what your experiences are. So the book, uh, it does talk about everything that is, that that is bad about love also or that comes out which is dark about love but I think those are mostly um, I've seen people who I know go through those things or I've gone through them before I got married and things like that and you feel heartbreak at every age possible in many different ways so I think but I always have that base of optimism so I think that's that's why the book works because I am coming from an optimistic place I mean whatever happens I use this uh, example all the time Jennifer Aniston uh, you know when she was left by Brad Pitt and they, I think Vanity Fair did a big article with her and asked her I mean you know how does it feel and she was no no I mean you could call her the most heartbroken woman on the planet right like openly your ex is like now with another lady who's also gorgeous so um, she had said that why would I not believe in love it's like it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face so it's like, why would I do that? Like, why would I do that to myself if that because of one bad experience, I would stop believing in love? That's really stupid. 
So I think that's a good thing to remember. I think, yeah, like don't let a few experiences define you. Uh, exactly. Yeah, like your book, your book covers a lot of, you know, toxic relationships and signs and, and red flags. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, um, we all talk about, you know, the good things, lovely things. You always see the good things that go up on Instagram. You don't really see uh, the red flags, right? People don't really talk about it. So that's what I really liked about your book. It was it was quite real. And, uh, you know, talking about Jennifer Aniston, I remember Asta, this meme had become quite popular online, you know, that if she can get over Brad Pitt, so can you get over your ex. And, and I found that really interesting. You yeah, know, I think that's, that's completely yeah. true. No, and like, I yeah, always like, I always think about like, you know, the fact that like, even Jennifer Aniston can get pumped, <laughs> like, you know, any guy on the planet would like to be with her. So don't let it be. A, it's not about your self-esteem. You know, it's not about like, it's about like compatibility. Like, she's going to be with Ross. So I mean, if that can happen to her, then exactly. we all much better off, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've talked about navigating this complex online dating world and you've spoken a lot about uh you know all these people who are writing in uh you know uh whether they're 20 or whether they're also 39 with exp- with their own experiences and uh their own advice as you would say so could you narrate for us one uh experience of person who wrote in and uh what did you say to them Ah, there are many. Um, you know, most of these, most of the messages are all about how they can't move on from people. I think that's a very common thing that uh, they just can't move on. So if the question goes on saying, um, "Hi, I love this guy," and but now we, you know, he's uh, he's uh, we've broken up, but I still love him. But he's not paying me attention any attention. But he's on Instagram, but he doesn't answer my messages. Then you'll say, "Okay, you know, know your self worth," and you know. Uh, try and get over this because it's not worth it if he's treating you badly and stuff like that but they'll come back to but how but why but I still love him the buts never end like this is a very common theme but 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 no but I still love him but I can't get over it but I can't move on it's just not possible and I'm like you're not even trying because you're just like saying (laughs) but and but and but you know we've all been through this but if we try it does happen you know, I don't think, I think, and because social media has made it so hard. So I think most of these concerns are about people who are seeing their exes move on, on social media or put something that they didn't like, or, you know, liking other pictures of other girls and it or boys or whatever, you know, so these are some of the most common things that happen. And all I can say is I, I feel like now we've become more like a self-love podcast. We are all about every issue in love can be solved if you just love yourself. Because that was in the book exactly. also. Yes, that, exactly. And I was like, yes. Every time I read that, I was like, yes, that is the answer. That is the answer, you know. It is the answer because you will choose wisely for yourself if you love yourself enough. You know, you will not get taken for granted if you love yourself enough. You will not be uh, scared of moving on if you love yourself enough. You will not be in a toxic relationship if you love yourself enough. And it's also really difficult to love yourself, right? Like, you know, that's why people go to therapy. That's why we have, you know, friends who advise us. That's why, you know, we seek out books like yours to really help us. Because I think, you know, more than loving yourself, I think it's also figuring out what you want in life. Because I, one thing that I noticed in your book was you kept saying, you know, it's, it's good to be honest with yourself and honest with the other person, right? Your intentions should be um, upfront and then no one gets hurt in the process. 
but but it also made me wonder you know what if people are still figuring out themselves so what would you like to say to that asta what if you know people are complicated uh, you know their lives are messy but yet they are looking out for partners on a dating i really think you need to if you're looking for partners without figuring yourself out that's it's a recipe for disaster i think either it should it should happen simultaneously or it should happen before you get onto an app because an app is just going to make you more confused add to all your insecurities it's just going to mess you up even more if you're already messed up it's like i remember telling someone you know who uh, had a thing with uh, a girl they knew you know a boy who had a thing with a girl who he knew she had some uh, mental health issues and there was some sort of uh, you know uh, she had been either molested or something when she was a child so she had that issue as well and she was you know young 21 22 year old and he he had a thing with her he was much older and he just left her and uh, I, i mean one day he just broke up and then oh, she went no. like ballistic crazy and i was like he, and i remember telling that person that how can especially when you know that person has mental health issues you know that that person shared with you that they had a bad bad past obviously they're coming from some place of dysfunction or you know hurt and they have wounds you have just made it worse for this person you have left this person worse off than you found them and that is the worst thing and it is not even to do with her i think it has more to do with him because he's not worked on himself and he is the problem in this relationship not her she thought that she found someone who will take care of her but this person is not even worth being that person who can take care of someone because they've not worked on themselves even though they're 30 35 30 40 whatever it is so i feel people need to work on themselves because i feel all these apps are full of people who don't work on themselves and then you just end up hurting people one after the other and you're leaving them hurt and then they hurt someone else in there's that famous quote no hurt people hurt people either your self development growth journey has to be alongside you being on a dating app or you have to first figure yourself out and then go on a dating app or stay off it i mean organically date if you meet someone and it you know you hit it off please go ahead so i really feel uh, self love might be easy to say but i know i have learned this year i have done a lot of like soul thinking in the last maybe 5 6 months and i have it it is a process but you have to be committed to it you know you have to meditate i have done everything i have like 15 crystals and um, so i worked on myself i've worked out i think that's really helped me in the five months because it clears your head it gives you like this rush of positivity you want it or not it's there because you've worked out um and i have consciously tried to adapt everything i'm reading or watching i did a sadguru seven day course also i watch videos um you know i've tried to consciously make that change in my behavior in my life what does self love mean and you know self love means getting a massage no it doesn't mean that it means you know i was t- talking to someone today uh, 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 someone who is involved in a spiritual way she's like a spiritual guru i was talking to her for something and she told me that it's all about building your spiritual stamina as well you build your physical stamina you build your mental stamina but you also build your spiritual stamina that is small things every day little meditation little yoga little you know read a good quote listen to a podcast or something something but you have to put in the work everybody's scared of putting in the work because that means you actually have to take responsibility for how you are and say i have done these bad things i need to change these bad things yeah no self love so, is is hard like you know it, it's a it's a journey that you know it, it 
that takes its own time for everybody um and then hopefully you know finding love that's in, that's you know obviously that should happen in tandem but you know your book was really interesting because um i read that you wrote it in a month yes so how did you manage <laughs> to write an entire book and it's very well written very well structured um you know all the advice is great but how did you manage to write it in a month can you break down this process for our listeners so- I think um we already had the table of contents with us so you know we knew a structure uh, with Harper the good thing is that they make you pitch it in a very detailed way so before the book got even commissioned I had had to make a TOC and stuff like that it was a very detailed pitch and that happens uh, you know that's the process I think Harper follows so that they know that the book is going to do well I think because I'm a journalist it comes from that that I have uh, I can work on a deadline and my uh, my editor just said that it has to be out in and March end so you need to just finish it in November I think it was a uh, so I just sat every night and I um, I put on Mad Men in the background and I watched all of Mad Men again from the beginning to the last episode and as it finished I had finished the book that <laughs> was every night watching Mad Men <laughs> in the background because it was for inspiration i think it's one of the best written shows ever and um it's about in a way it's about creative creativity and all the characters are so like so well etched out like it was just i had fun watching the show and writing the books every every night i think i wrote for 2 hours and did one chapter every night and uh, so yeah i think i did 30 chapters in 30 days kind of thing i feel people get so involved in the it has to be perfect writing you know that's what editors are there for they help you define the book they'll say add here you know so, so i had got one manuscript back where she asked me to add things at places where she said maybe rephrase this so when you have that then that's easy to do you can do the edits faster because it's just adding and you know subtracting but the editor does that for you yeah that's what i always say you know like just like word vomit out what's in your head and like don't uh, edit it while you're doing that because then you'll if you if you're writing your first draft as your last draft you'll just never end the book you know yeah true and I, and i also feel like you know different kinds of books require different timelines right so maybe a historical fiction book would require much more time with research so it's interesting asa that you knew you know obviously you had an idea as to what will go in the book right like you had as you said you had a toc and all of that but i'm sure there were some things that came to you while writing so we did notice that you revealed some very personal details like you know being 39 and not having watched porn just until a few years ago so were you worried about revealing these personal details and and you know how have your close friends and family reacted to this <laughs> no i don't think um i think i've been very uh, open on the podcast so i think the lavachkal is quite to uh, you know credit for this that i already knew all these things or had talked about them in some way on the podcast the podcast has made ankit and me very uh, candid you know we are very candid on the podcast and we have actually like i got a call from an ex saying why was he mentioned on the Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, like like a school boyfriend. So we were school friends, you know? So it was like, uh, you know, and he was like, I'm very personal and here you mentioned me and I was just like, oh, and I I think maybe I'd mentioned his name. So uh uh and somebody else had listened to it and made him listen to it and I was like, wow, people are listening to our podcast in America because he's in America and he has two children and also I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, I have to be careful about that. Um so I 
maybe i i mean you know uh, i think i can be a politician tomorrow i don't have many skeletons in my <laughs> closet anymore uh, but um i think only when you are very authentic to who you are can you connect to a person you know it's like or like i really find it if you read the book i have given great i think it is great solid advice it is and nobody will say that it's bad advice from any angle even moms and dads will read it and say this is a good this is good advice that i would also give someone like i've said wait till you're uh, a certain age to have sex because you need not not just physical understanding you need mental capability to have sex right how you react afterwards how it feels to you afterwards it's not just a physical thing so i actually even on the podcast i've said it many times that if a 17 or a 16 or a 19 year old tells us about having sex i always say if you can please wait please wait till a time where you are mentally more capable of handling what sex comes with emotionally right i actually yeah i actually wanted to talk to you about that you know about yeah. that piece of advice in particular you know what you think about this advice of you know don't have sex you know before a certain age so i know you know a lot of like uh, you know cousins or like family friends whatever everyone nowadays is having sex much earlier um and it's sort of like become a done thing and you know i what would you say to you know those kids because i'm sure like some people who who read the book they may not agree with your advice you know so what do you have to say to them uh well i think yeah i mean kids are smarter these days i've spoken to uh, i do a lot of stories which focus on teens and i've talked to many teens and they are just like they blow me away because they talk with such clarity you know right from the ones who are doing just instagram or the ones who are just like who are studying for higher studies and who are like the studious types uh they all have they're very clear about what they want uh and how they want it and they're very clear about what they think about things and their opinions and you know they're all very woke they know all about me too's and politics and you know uh, what's happening in the us and everything so they are much more smarter so i do hope that they have the faculties mental faculties to deal with sex but i've also realized and i've spoken to many people there is a uh, uh, you know uh, there are people who have written books on teens there was that book called stone shamed depressed i think uh, written by yeah. jotsna uh, uh, you know who, who was an ndtv anchor and i've spoken we have spoken to her on the podcast as well and she said that kids are still very confused about love because now love and all is very like it's all about validation it's all about sexting it's all about but you know uh, nudes and so it's a, i mean it's scary honestly it's yeah. scary like as somebody who's so, 31 when i see like 17 18 year olds like you know like having sex with one another i feel a bit maybe it's a, like maybe it's prudish or whatever but i do feel scared because i know myself and i know i would not be able to handle what the whole you know men, like mental health is so important when it comes to love right like that's i yeah. think what your book is trying to do it's trying to make sure that you retain a good sense of self and mental health while you're navigating this messy arena called love and sex and all of that stuff so yeah it is it is scary but yeah uh, you know the i i i i found it very interesting that you know you even put an age and uh, you know even advice like you know sleeping on the first date and all of those things i i still i i told my i've told my close friends also who are 30 29 that don't sleep with someone on the first uh, first 
So what is what are some of the responses been like? Because I also want to know, does can one advice fit all? See, if there's great chemistry and there's a flow and you just feel it, please go ahead with it. But tomorrow, next morning, don't be like, uh, don't regret anything. My whole thing is that don't regret something you did. If you didn't do it, you'd rather you you can do it the next time around. And if a person doesn't stick around because you didn't have sex on the first date, then that person was not the person you wanted to be with, right? So I just feel like. It's not about not doing it. It's about just pacing yourself out. I think what the '90s kids did, which have helped, which has helped them now, in which they are, that is why they are less prone to maybe. I feel that you know '90s kids are more, more. You can take rejection easily. You can get over things easily. You can even take take work rejections easily. And ma, chalo ho gaya abhi. You know, let's move on, and I'll do it tomorrow. because we have we have always got things slowly and steadily we did things at the right age at school in the school time we did school things college things you know you grow up you have your first kiss in first year of college you know and uh, you know you start dating someone okay if you've been with them maybe you i don't know if people had sex in college when i was in college i'm sure they did i didn't but i think the whole thing was you have to pace yourself so that you become more resilient so that you are more uh, better equipped to handle it's just like at a job you get better at a job as you stay there right it's just resilience and consistency make you better at what you're doing so it my I, my aim is not to say don't do it i'm just saying pace yourself pace yourself it's like a marathon you are slowly <laughs> building up right and if you just run then you're going to like not even reach the end line Yeah, I also I also feel you know uh, as like some people are quite impulsive. Okay, so I I was just thinking about myself, and you know sometimes while I'm an overthinker, on the other hand, sometimes I'm also quite impulsive, right? So when it comes to these relationships and stuff, I do know there are a lot of people who don't like thinking. You know, they prefer if something is impulsive, which you know makes me wonder about. uh different personalities and different labels we come up with right you have shared uh, your opinions on certain um stereotypes like for example you've said that you know experts say that a fuckboy doesn't get too personal with you but you would notice that they get very personal and i found that really interesting so i was curious what made you say that and and how can one get rid of these stereotypes that um that have uh, been generated over the years you know for fuckboys i really feel whatever i've like all the experience i might have had with them and uh, everybody i have ever met has had with them uh, they see that a, a boy who tells you on a dating app that he just wants to have sex with you is not a fuck boy he's actually a uh, he's a bad like a not even a bad boy he's just a person who's like i'm here for this now you like it or don't like it that's up to you but at least he's telling you his intentions right there and then bol diya now you can judge him for it or you can be like okay yeah even i am here for that and uh, you never know where that goes you never know you know but i feel that stereotype really has to break if a person actually tells you on your face that they are just here for what they are there for they are actually being honest and that is a good quality in the types we live in because this person is not hiding that he is just here for fun he just wants sex he is not interested in knowing about your office people or meeting your friends or hanging out with your parents he's not interested in it and i think that is great because there is no build up of emotion there is no build up of expectations you know what you can expect from him that is he'll come have sex with you and leave i think that is a much better situation i i totally agree you know because i always tell people you know like you have to just be on the face of what you want like you know just like tell it straight and that's what like that's what i appreciate most in relationships as well if you don't want to be with me say it if you don't like something you know 
seat rather than stringing someone along or manipulating them or like playing all these games so yeah i actually think being upfront like this is amazing <laughs> yeah yeah but you know with park boys what happens i have noticed it that they they have a very different opinion of themselves they want you to like them they want you to love them they want you to think that they're the best thing that has ever happened to you because they themselves do not want to call themselves bad like they're not that guy who just wants to have sex with you they are the nice guy who will drop you home they'll build relationships yeah. with you they will meet your friends they will meet, you know even be nice to your mom and they will they will even say i love you to you because that thing of get into someone pants i have to say i love you that should be completely banned you should just say i want to get into your pants i think that is better than saying i love you to get into <laughs> yeah. i girls are not so stupid yeah. anymore na matlab <laughs> yeah. life has changed girls are not going to say just because you say you you know you love me can I, will i have sex with you not that world anymore so i feel fuck boys what they do the worst thing is that they make you feel tough for them which is beyond just physical and that is and i really feel those are the red flags when a person is too involved but in some places they are very detached they say i love you too soon you know uh, and they say it very essay like it is just a baat rahe you know they're like giving some prashad to you uh they will disappear when they want to they'll come back and be extra nice so these are all things that i feel fuck boys do and then one day they will just they'll just be gone yeah no you know so, that's what like i like what you said in your book that love is a verb and these words don't mean anything but the action does right like like i'll give you an example bridget jones diary uh hugh, hugh grant is the perfect love boy he makes a uh, fuck boy he makes her feel like she's so beautiful and then he'll flirt with her and then he'll say i've changed and now i've realized you are the one for me and then he leaves her in hong kong or wherever with the drugs and just uh, comes back right and he says yeah, oh, that's so know. bad Yeah, yeah, she's she's grown up. She'll take care of uh, herself. While the other guy is more like he's a little more reserved. He's like taking his time to build it up with her. But he's the person who takes care of her and gets her back from the prison, right? You know, it also depends on how you know. Again, that self love thing because like you have certain standards about how you will be treated and absolutely not be treated. Um, and if you have those standards already set, then it becomes much easier to identify. what is a tox what is toxic behavior you know is it a fuck boy is it somebody who's serious if that's what you want um, and all yeah, of those things no, uh, yeah that's what no uh for for us it also comes with age so that's why i say when you're younger please be very careful because a young person has not ha- had these experiences a young person's very naive a young person's not going to think about self love and what i'm worth and all go time lagta hai aane mein wo dheere dheere no that age, I, yeah right? that for sure so that's for why sure. they need to be even more careful of who they let into their lives who they let into their bodies actually i remember speaking to zirak marker who's one of a, you know bombay's biggest psychotherapist and works with lot with young people and he said that they everything has changed your period comes early you develop sooner you have sex sooner but mental faculties still don't develop till your 25 i keep telling my sister i said that don't even like get don't get married i tell everybody Don't get married before thirty, or not a person only before twenty-eight. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I can go on about this for like hours and hours. So um yeah, so it's interesting that you mentioned that you know movie reference because it's made me think about you know what we see on TV, right? So Joey 
from friends barney from how i met your mother these characters though they are playboys they are you know people look up to them you know we we find them so interesting so fascinating all of that right so this made me think of how um you know all these uh, i think men have grown up watching certain characters on tv right so even in bollywood um of course not now but earlier there were a lot of rape scenes which were glorified i mean it it's funny that romantic scenes were censored but rape scenes were glorified so i want to know astha what would you like to say to to young men of today especially those who who are confused about what consent means i think uh, i mean now in the days that we are in i really feel till a person gives you a verbal consent do not do anything because I don't want to say how it feels and you know if she's going along with it just ask because I it could change at any point in the act itself you might be okay with one thing but you're not okay with the other thing now where are you are you going to say no in the middle of the act you know um so I think anyone who is having sex especially uh you know uh with first time or when you don't know your equation and stuff like that please ask please ask and even when you know your equation and someone says no that they're not in the mood or they don't you know they they are little irritated please ask very clearly do you want to do this are you okay even in the middle of it you can say are you okay do you want me to stop it's very small things but it will make the experience even better i feel i love that answer asta it's it's i think you know not taking a person for granted also right so it's it's not yeah. assuming things yeah at every point and it yeah. is i mean it's going with the times right like there was that whole scene about that show right bridgerton which happened bridgerton ha yeah, uh, yeah yeah which is like that she uh, she doesn't ask his consent and then you know ha- becomes pregnant or something she does she devises some trick that that was also talked about as a lack of consent for the man so yeah absolutely uh, yeah yeah so i think both ways um and you know your book um it reminded me of the what the sex column in women's era did for people in the 90s like i didn't read it because like i was a kid but uh, so what do you think these columns there was one in femina also i think uh, ha ah, yeah it's called yes. home truths or some some right. okay. weird things like that yeah <laughs> so yeah. what do you think these uh, columns did for people back then when talking about sex was even more of a taboo and who do you think are your predecessors like i can think of maybe like bachchi who had this has this column in mumbai mirror uh, yeah. but yeah Even like Vatsa, who is who are your influencer yeah mahindra vatsa so like mahindra who, who influenced you nobody none of these people but i do remember reading the femina uh, column because femina i think was one of those magazines that came home at one point of time you know uh you, it was a subscription kind of thing so i do remember reading those women's era or uh, you know femina columns and uh, uh, and being surprised that people can you know wrote those things to a to a, a magazine uh, but i think mahindra vatsa made it very very popular because he was very funny in his advice also and the questions there i don't know if uh, mumbai mirror made them up but they were like they were mad questions like some strange questions can we have sex with like uh fruits or something like that also can i use fruits when i'm having sex with my yeah the um, the questions were really embarrassing to read but one one couldn't help reading them because they were so yeah. bizarre yeah exactly <laughs> but i think if i if talking about sex or reading about sex i would say like growing up read all the sydney sheldons or all the daniel steels and they were like graphic sex scenes in all of them daniel steel specifically 
which were like they were like all dysfunctional sex scenes the incest and everything daniel steel to had everything then there was i remember i think i must have read some harold bloom which was erotica uh, he is a very famous er- erotica writer and but all of his was set in like exotic locations like on yachts and it was all billionaires and all a little different type of mills and booths uh but much more sex it was full erotica so i think those might have shaped my subconscious mind at some level but uh i and yeah i guess sex in the city i would say because i think there was no conversation that was not had in that on that show and um, that that show is 20 years old so just imagine that if that show is having those conversations 20 years old in new york we are just like we are right now we have not even touched the tip of the iceberg yeah, yeah. i still watch that show it's all right i watch that show yeah and there are some things in that show where which have never been discussed in india still you know yeah true so, <laughs> yeah and i actually you know i was um i raised in bahrain and i remember this show called the jerry springer show which was uh, uh, the show where, in, the, where in the us came uh, came on yeah. uh, came on tv and talked about their private lives yeah, yeah and and it, it was so scandalous and you know i remember seeing that as a kid and i said oh my god like this this is never spoken about on indian channels and and that kind of that that cultural difference is i think quite obvious you know because we do yeah. know that our society treats these subjects as taboo yeah so um you know i was curious um asa because your book um gives a lot of recommendations or suggestions of you know porn websites or even dating apps and you even say what kind of uh, expectations one could have right while going on these sites so i wanted to know you know how do you think these recommendations help uh, people and and what is in it for them that you know that they can't find on google for example <laughs> i'm sure they can find everything on google but who's looking for the right things i think it's all just in one place um and uh, i feel uh, they will only be useful if you actually pay attention to them i just feel that the most important thing is just be honest about why you're there both sides uh, you know a girl boy whatever uh, please just be honest about why you're there what are your intentions uh what are your intentions with the person or and even when you meet them or talk to them if you don't feel it just like quit and move on to the next person with some dignity so if a person is being very clear and honest with you uh please take it as a good sign don't take it as a rejection of who you are take it as a rejection uh, as a as a good sign of how that they don't want to waste your time or their time so i no, think I, these, yeah, no it's important and you know this ghosting thing it's so easy to ghost and be ghosted like i'll be honest you know i have ghosted like one or two people and then i came back and i felt so bad and guilty and because it was so easy right and you don't want to face the conflict and then i came back and realized that what i'm doing is not correct you know you have to get that courage to just be honest to the person because that's what respect is you know i also wanted to know about you know because you write uh, romance you know what changes have you seen in romance books from the 90s versus today um i think i'll speak from example i feel that um because we especially women writing romance has changed because we are different women now right we are more independent uh we are more focused on our jobs we have more agency i think all that reflects in romance now uh, though i do feel that books like twilight or um, what is that other one 50 shades of grey even though i've read them they are fun i've watched the twilight movies when i have nothing else to do uh, but 
I do not like those heroines at all because I'm feeling like who's written this? Like, what what is going on in your head for you to be this person who will only feel validated if this guy likes them? And they become like all mush and oh my god, he likes me. Oh, I really want that to change. So I feel like we all should write as a reflection of the you know independent, free woman that we are. And I feel literature will change. I mean. There was one meme, I think one post I'd seen on Instagram about how uh, even Bollywood uh, male characters are different when written by women. Like the Dears in the Ghee character of Shah Rukh is written by a woman. That's why it's very different, you know. Uh, so I feel like that's where we come from. That's the kind of man we want if we're looking at romance written by women. And uh, men also, I think, if I don't know if men are writing romance. Are they? Uh, I don't know. Don't I think maybe... Ta? Durjoy, yeah, Durjoy. <laughs> but I think Durjoy has also changed in his writing. I remember him writing when he was much younger and he was not married and not a father. I think he used to write much more, you know, he was writing different books at that time and now his writing is slightly more different. So it's coming from experience and from growing up. So I think if we write uh, as a reflection of who we are, we'll be better, we'll create better characters. Um, You know, since we're talking about books here, uh, what I wanted to know is, Asa, what books, um, I'll say, have you... Um, seen uh, like in romance okay so for example you know Andali Wajid uh, she adds a lot mm. of uh, feministic elements to her romance stories right so I would say what kind of um, specific elements that you like to see in, in romance stories and, and which writers uh, do you really admire for them? I have to say here I don't read much romance other than Murakami <laughs> um but uh, because I'm only reading non-fiction spiritual these days. What do you read? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like only non-fiction, which is all about personality development or like mental health or wellness or thinking right. And, you know, those kind of books. All I've written, I've read like, you know, I mean, books by Oprah. I've been reading those. I feel, you know, even in feminist writing, I feel like there can be a character which is like everything. Like I really liked Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because she was, she's, focused i mean she becomes this career person but she's also a home person she's also a family person she also has a child why can't we i mean it's okay we can be many things and we don't need to be one thing we don't need to just be either a feminist or just be uh whatever that anesthesia steal from 50 shades of gray we don't have to be that we i feel well-rounded characters for women are very important you know, uh, that's why people said things about sex in the city and all also, which was like, oh, they one is too much and one is the other one is too, uh, too restrained and one is like, too loose. And I feel we become like tropes. But most of us can be many things and many times and we can be different versions <laughs> yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's always it's like we are boxed, you know, like like the crazy type or the ambitious yeah, type. Or the, boss, yeah, boss the slut or the, or the, or the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Or the mother or the you know, completely ambitious or completely work-obsessed. I think we can be all things. It reminds me um, of characters like, you know, women characters who Bollywood tries to portray as liberal uh, hmm. oftentimes fall into this trope of they are smoking, they are drinking, they're sleeping around. Now, I also identify as being liberal. And when I see those women characters, 
I don't I, I identify as being independent. When I see those women, yeah. I don't relate to them. Like, like that's not the only definition of somebody being independent, making their own choices and all of those things, right? So like that is something yeah. that I've always like found very interesting and funny. Like, like, it's like, uh, like you know? I like Spoken <laughs> character in uh, Wake Up Sick. Yeah, She's, yeah, uh, I love that character. Yeah. yeah, so that's like, and that character is a lot like many of us right correct like, yeah she's a journalist she she lives alone but that doesn't mean she's a slut she doesn't drink like she's not drinking or smoking all the time she's you know she's has a boy living with her but that doesn't mean she's easy you know all those things are there but she's just a normal girl trying to yeah like you can do, yeah you can do whatever you want right you can like wear like kurtas and like be liberal or you can wear mini skirts and be liberal like yeah, it's okay and she, goes, whatever. Yeah, she goes yeah she goes to rahul khanna for a date also she tries dating her yeah. or, you know her boss but then she whatever yeah but that brings me to my last question which is sort of like a very big question but okay. i i just want to answer i want you to give me your perspective because you're a love guru see a lot of you know like even my friends and lots of people i know we are in this society where we are dating we are having our own agency we are on um, dating apps and we're dating whoever we like but we are also living in a traditional society where our parents have a lot of say parents may not sometimes agree with the person we found oppose marriage they, they may not agree with the similar caste community so how do young people or anyone date uh, navigate dating modern dating in a traditional society i think we have to give our give some more credit to our parents first of all i feel uh, i've seen my own parents grow up a lot in the uh, last few years i mean i'm married uh, but my brother is not right now and uh, i've seen them with him and they have really changed as parents like uh, they have become more liberal as you to call it they have become more easy going they are more interested in what the children want uh you know even when i got married 15 years ago they never uh just, they were just happy that i was happy and he you know when they met my husband they were like okay this seems like a when they met him i don't think anything else mattered than his behavior you know because they just want me to be happy it doesn't matter how much money he has what is his job you know all that really didn't matter i feel we need to start giving our parents more credit and talking to them more if you're especially in cities like delhi and uh bombay and bangalore and all the cochin and all the bigger places i feel parents are much more involved much more evolved they are woke, they are more woke they are all on instagram facebook they want to be cool uh they in some ways they are cool and if they are if kids are much younger like 25 30 parent is also younger our parents had us early right uh so they are also young parents so i feel we need to work more with our parents it's like you know you work with your meditation and you work with your trainer work with your parents talk to them tell them more about what you want how you want it i think we it becomes us against the parents so i think one of the things we can always do is work with our parents but at the end of it you have to be happy if you think someone is going to make you happy uh stick by your guns i have seen uh my own friends who stuck by their guns for like 5 years 6 years and they eventually got married to the person they had to get married to she said i am not getting married to anyone else so either you give him a chance or i'll sit at home with you guys it's fine 
So eventually they broke down. <laughs> I think that's what happens more often. Yeah. And I've seen that with my friends also. That is the will part, na? That yeah. works at the end. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be home with you. I'll do what you want. We'll all have yeah. to live happily yeah. till the end of life. And then parents are like, "Aye, hey, abhi kisi se bhi karna." You know? It's exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. So they'll yeah. be like, "Kisi se bhi karna." That's what. So I think religion, yeah. religion is still. harder to navigate maybe you know uh, my parents might have also told me that you know if you like a muslim boy you be uh, you, you should know his family you should know that you can settle there you don't have to do anything you think you don't want to do because you know their religion demands few things that maybe uh, hindus or christians don't do at all right i mean i don't remember the last time i went to a temple uh, but i've never been asked to go to one you know it's a, it's a, it's a choice so i feel like that conversation was had that just be sure that whoever you are with will is on your side and you know his parents and all but i've also seen uh, one of my good friends she was a muslim she married like a sikh boy from delhi and she was like a, she's a she's a you know full fledged muslim from bombay and they when their families met they had such a great time and they had like two weddings and two parties and now they both live in canada and they're both very happy and so it works out also you know you just have to wait uh wait for it uh, make make your intentions very clear and trust your parents little bit and i think once people meet them each other then they realize religion doesn't matter especially in the in the cities but obviously in smaller towns it's a very different thing so i i don't know how that can become better that is it's a long reform yeah No, I think yeah. yeah I, I Let's think, hope, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think th- I hope things do get better, right? Yeah, we all have our own biases. No, so eventually, like once you're forty, they'll get you married to a cow. राउंड So the first question is one new dating term that you learned while writing your book. Uh, I think a new dating term that came up in the last one year is gaslighting. We've all talked about it a lot, a lot, and I think it's very important that we know the term. No, it is. It is a very, very important term. Yeah. What is next for you? What What book are you writing next, if any? Ah, uh, so I am writing a book with someone. It's a pop spirituality book. I'm writing it with someone. Um. Yeah, and I have my own podcast, so which I'm doing the second podcast. I mean, there's Love Archival, then there's You Got This with Aska, which I'm doing as a project for myself. Um, so yeah, those are the those are the things right now that I'm busy with. Wow, brilliant! You have your plate is full. The next question is one thing that we can do to make dating apps safe for all genders. Again, as simple as just be honest about your intentions. it will just be simpler safer everything will be taken care of if you are just honest i'm a serial killer okay swipe left or whatever it is <laughs> <laughs> what is the response i should give to somebody who asks me why are you not married yet <laughs> uh find me someone <laughs> oh, i don't know awesome. maybe something cool <laughs> because i haven't met the right person <laughs> Right. Okay. One thing you wish you knew in your twenties. Um. One thing I wish I knew in the twen in my twenties. Um. Uh, that Asta is meant for great things. So just keep going. Nice. <laughs> I love that. 
one thing you would tell somebody who just got ghosted ghost them back so that when they unblock you you have blocked them Well, thank you so much for your insights and for writing this book i'm sure everybody who reads it will get a lot out of it and this is something okay. i certainly wish that i had uh, you know 5 or 6 years ago i'm sure it would have really made a very very big yeah. difference thank you so much you know kara all this talk about her dating guide made me think about guides for writers actually because you know the writing world is as confusing as the dating world right It is and that's why we came up with our publishing guide for writers. So it's available for free on our website and we will be putting the link in our show notes so look out for that. Yes, and like we mentioned earlier, those who are looking out for job opportunities in the creative industry or even if you're looking to get published in literary magazines, watch out for our careful curation every weekend. Yep, there's lots of great opportunities coming your way. So follow us on our social media handle at Bound India on all platforms. So next week we will be speaking to Riva Razdan about her smashing debut feminist romance novel called Arzu. So it's very interesting novel because we get to see this character Arzu grow and find her story but I like the fact that it's set in the 90s when the liberalization of the economy has just happened so there's so much happening in India but not much has been covered about this time period she's done a lot of research and this combination of a love story with this historical period that just I loved it So for all you romance lovers and historical fiction lovers out there highly recommend this book pick the book out now and then listen to the episode next week. Yes. So we are editors, podcasters and storytellers and through Bound we help you create stories and put them out into the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to Books and Beyond with us. We'll be back next Wednesday with Riva Razdan in another Valentine special as February is the season of love. Bye bye